I'm talking with Tiffany Drayton, the author of Black American Refugee, and the subtitle is Escaping the Narcissism of the American Dream. And Tiffany, well, welcome, first of all. Um, and and you, are you speaking from Tobago or where are you now today? No, I'm currently in New York City. In New York. OK. And the book is just out. Black African, uh, excuse me, Black American Refugee. Uh, you know, one of the things you say in the book is I found freedom by leaving the land of the free. Mm-hmm. Can, can you explain that a little bit for people that, that haven't read the book or don't know your story? Absolutely. You know, it is such a hurtful and damning and damaging reality what it is to be a black person in the United States of America, but it's made glaringly obvious, glaringly apparent by um, just the presence of this kind of very, very scary um, ghettoization of people. So it's like, for me, when I try to explain to people what it's like to be black in America, I just say, just go to MLK Boulevard or street or go to Malcolm X's Boulevard or street in your town or in your city or in your state. And then explain to me why it looks that way still. So finding freedom by leaving the land of the free is really supposed to be a play on the narrative that we were sold that black people are free in the United States of America. And to really highlight the reality that we still are not. And just to, and I'll let you correct me or, or embellish my, my take on this, <clears throat> but for those that haven't read the book, Tiffany's story is about uh, coming uh, to this country um, in New York, New Jersey, New York, in that area, and then kind of growing up, but, but traveling with the family, with your mom and, and, and your family, uh, to Houston, uh, to Orlando, uh, back to New York. Uh, so you experienced a wide variety of situations. And mm-hmm. you, you detail, and obviously someone's got to read the book to, to understand all this, but you detail the problems you faced um, mm-hmm. as, 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 a, as a young girl. And it's something that, you know, you're, you're uh, eloquent enough to, to put it in words now for us, the, the rest of us to read about it. But it's, it kind of, it, it, you kept, ha- you had hope. You kept everywhere you went, you had hope, but it just kept coming at you. Yep. And it really, the first thing is the reasons for the moves, right? So mm-hmm. the first city we ever lived in was North Bergen. Um, it, it's in New Jersey. It's this town, this like immigrant town. And it, we just had this phenomenal experience in that town because it felt like we were safe. And it was one of those towns where you can go outside and play as a child until the sun comes down. And then your mom is like, come inside, time to eat dinner. Um, right. It was one of those really super safe towns. And sadly enough, it didn't take four years before we could no longer afford to live there because the cost of living just kept climbing and climbing and climbing. And simultaneously, the wages just didn't. And of course, mm-hmm. this has greater impacts on, on people of color, immigrants, black people. And so we were pretty much forced to move because we just couldn't afford it anymore. And that is just one example of many things that happened that forced us out of our home. Like in, another example is in Florida, when the 2008 crisis happened, all of a sudden we were um, we had to make the difficult choice of like, are we going to try to um, move to another neighborhood that is more affordable or are we going to literally be displaced because the the complex that we lived in went from being like a 
a complex that you can rent an apartment to switching over into condos. And that that market, that market crash displaced so many people, including my family. And sadly, we recognize quickly, like moving to a more affordable place oftentimes means losing access to a lot of the things that make the American dream a like something worth aspiring to, whether it be a safe neighborhood, whether it be good schools um, and so on. So there is this constant need to move. And in making all of those moves, I was forced to reckon with the differences in these environments and what those differences meant. Like, okay, I'm in this really great white school. Most of the kids are white. Oh, it's it's also the soccer team is really well funded and 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 the whole building is nice and there's a courtyard in the center and people are driving up in a BMW. Um, the kids and so there's there's that white school right in Florida and then mm -hmm. I end up in uh, a mostly Hispanic school on the East Coast and it's like the classes are overcrowded. There's low expectations. the The soccer team is underfunded, and so you're constantly forced to see through your personal experience, this juxtaposition of black, white, and of course white and everyone else and what that means and what, what, what it means to be poor, what it means to be rich and who gets access to these things. Tiffany and you, but we're talking with Tiffany Drayton, author of Black American Refugee. Um, what, what is your thought on what, what, you know, your reason for writing? Um, Obviously, it's it's a release for you. It's a chance for you to tell your story, which is a fascinating one, um, both about you know why you wound up back in in the homeland, in Tobago, uh, where you live today, um, rather than live in the United States where you grew up and and learned, went to college, raised a, a family, uh, had a you know. So what what do you what do you want people to get from from your book? Mm -hmm. My hope, really. Is that people can be galvanized towards change and towards eradicating systemic racism through seeing how it impacted severely my, myself and my family and through seeing it um, through the lens of this this young black girl and this hopeful black woman um, my hope is that people can recognize the humanity of that and and the tragedy of that and be galvanized to take action and to and to really um, for the, to create the change that it is this country promised, right? Which is equality and freedom and protection for all. Like, I just want people to be galvanized to make that dream into a reality. I would guess too, and you tell me, uh, awareness. Because and I'm thinking white, the white audience, the white reader. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then there's obviously it's, it's a huge stereotype there, but um, you know, their awareness level of, of some of the things you went through may not be there. Right. Absolutely. You know, everything. And, 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 you know, I really try to show how this is a learning process, even for people of color, but for, for a woman like myself, for my whole family, we had to learn what it meant to exist in under the weight of systemic racism. This isn't something that somebody is born with. Nobody knows what that means. It's a whole system. It's a whole history. So my hope is that people are open to being learners and not being experts because still to this day, I don't classify myself as an expert on the subject because it is forever evolving and I'm always going to be a learner. So I'm hoping that white people and all people can embrace being, being just learning, just actually being open to the subject.
You know, and going through your book, and we're talking with Tiffany Drayton, author of Black American Refugee, um, there's there's all kinds of, of you know, in, interesting historical uh, points, information you've got in there, too. Uh, mm -hmm. I found it I found it fascinating to learn that <clears throat> African-Americans who fought for the British <clears throat> after mm -hmm. the War of 1812. Now, most people don't even know about the War of 1812. Oh, yeah, I think White House burned or something like that. But here is a, it was a war. Britain you know, came back in and they fled the, the those soldiers that were fought for the British uh, fled the U.S., uh, many settling in Trinidad and yeah. was, called Americans, M-E-R-I. K-I-N-S. Uh, mm -hmm. That's fascinating to me. Is it, and that was a, um, did that launch things in Trinidad or what was the impact of that? No, it really, they were able to kind of establish their own free colony. And that free colony ended up being very um, instrumental and pivotal um, in shaping many of the aspects of the country, but the country itself too, um, was just this whole land of free Black people. So they were absorbed into a land of free Black people and able to exert themselves in that way. And it, it was really interesting. I was doing research for the book and just happened to stumble upon that by Googling Black American refugee. So it wasn't even something that I knew when I started writing the book. It was something that I um, stumbled upon through research. And as I read it, I was like, wow. It was really reinforcing the notion that, you know, history really does repeat itself in history and in history, there's so many lessons to glean and learn. So that was a really pivotal moment for me, even in shaping how I wanted to tell the story, because I was like, here it is like hundreds of years ago, somebody else did all fled America and found their freedom. So it's, it, it, it was a really interesting moment for me. And, and, you know, the other thing is the uh, you mentioned history and, and the importance of that as we find out more and, and you know, the internet, I guess, is good for something. It, it does provide a lot of information. But mm -hmm. you find out that the, the African-American, the, the slaves that were here um, at, at the time of the American Revolution, you know, that was an issue, you know, like, and, and I, I don't know enough about this to comment, really, but the, the English, the British saw that as, oh, an opportunity. We can, we can draw, you know, give these guys, offer these folks their freedom. And they'll fight for us, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, and you, you don't even think about that. You thought, well, oh, no, you know, it's just sort of a distant thought. But these things were going on and uh, Washington had to give that consideration to George Washington. So, and, you know, and, and if you apply that to today, the fact that other countries have to step in to offer black people things that America is not offering it's actually still ongoing and it's an ongoing issue to date. And that's why you're seeing this um, influence that China is exerting over the Caribbean, for example. Um, and it really, a, a great example of that would be when the pandemic first started and everybody was desperate for vaccines. A lot of countries receive vaccines from China before they receive vaccines from the United States of America. So America must really look at its own history and learn from its own history and treat people with the respect that that they really deserve because otherwise you're losing allies, you're losing fighters, you're losing people who um, identify with and believe in the story of America. So, you know, history again, the importance of it. We're talking with Tiffany Drayton, the author of the Black American Refugee this morning. And Tiffany, um, you know, you go through 
many of the the episodes in your book, uh, you just describing conflict, you know, and and we probably don't have time to get into all of it, but you leave the 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 final pages um, resonate with a lot of hope. Uh, the, your strength um, that you're not you're not uh, just writing off. Um, okay, I tried, but you know, it just didn't work. Um, instead, you you kind of come together with a this this is the time to to regroup and um, push ahead. Is, is that your sentiment? Absolutely. And if Americans aren't aware of how crucial this moment in American history is, I'm not sure if they will ever be, because there was an attack on the democratic process that is ongoing. And that in and of itself speaks volumes to where we have, where the country has reached and where it can go if people don't take a stand, if people don't unite, and if people are not coming with demands, and if humanity is not prioritized, and if we do not realize the dream that was set forth when the country was founded. So this is the moment to not feel hopeless, but to really, as you say, like it's regrouping and becoming reinvigorated and being unified by the truth and being called to action and driven by the desire to really realize that dream and that promise. Well, I think that's pretty well said, Tiffany. We should go <laughs> off on that note because uh, we, uh, we appreciate so much your efforts, your, your fight, your battle, and your ongoing uh, ability to kind of communicate. So thank you, Tiffany Drayton, author of Black American Refugee. Uh, it's been thank a great you. pleasure speaking with you. Thanks so much for having me, Stephen. Enjoy your grandbaby. <laughs> Thank you so much. Take care now. Bye-bye.